saying, our theme for the retreat is community, obstacles to community, challenges to community. And we're rooting that in First Corinthians uh, this week. And we're going to tag team the teaching, me, Bill, Joel, we're going to trade off over the next three nights, two of us each night, uh, giving short messages out of different parts of First Corinthians. And I'm going to start, we're going to read a passage from First Corinthians 3, and then talk about it. Um, what we want to say about community and the particular challenge we find in uh, chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. So follow along with me. This is 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 15. spiritual people. So this is Paul. He's trying to help start the church in Corinth. Had ministered there. He's, he's um, gone on, traveled on his mission journey. He's writing back to him. He says, but I, brothers, Paul, could not address you, the church in Corinth, as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I think with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, Jealousy and strife. But while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? But when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, who was another Christian missionary and teacher who helped minister to their church, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. But we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care of how he built upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone built on the foundation of gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Amen. There's three things I want to say. First... Lay them all out. First, community is the best thing that can happen to you. The second is community is the worst thing that can happen to you. I'll get to that. And the third is lay a good foundation. Lay a good foundation. So first, community is the best thing that can happen to you. What about community? It's presupposing right there. It's like you need community. Community is a central thing. Community is, is, a, is a fundamental aspect of the Christian life. And, you know, I think community is the best thing that can happen to you. A lot of the best things that happen to you, for instance, happen on this retreat. Freshman year, that's when I first really developed real friendships with other people at Princeton, you know, close friendships. And uh, sophomore year, uh, on the retreat, I spent the whole time chatting with this friend till 8 a.m. every night. Four nights running, I slept all day. No skiing. Um, and uh, junior year, I spent the whole time playing games. Man, like my roommate was like so angry at me. So being on spiritual day, what are you doing with playing games? You know, it's like they were awesome times. I've met my wife senior year. 
strike. You know, it's like like community delivers. Right? Community delivers. Um, and uh, uh, it's like it's the best thing that can happen. But what, what do we mean by community? It's like it's good to have friends, right? It's good to have friends. I don't know. You may be here because you're like in this room are a lot of your closest friends. You may be maybe here as as a visitor or a newcomer or someone who feels probably outside or someone coming back. I don't know where you are tonight. I've been in both those places on this retreat. But it's good. It's good to have that power of community. When we think about what is Christian community, I mean, Paul here to the church in Corinth, the church in Corinth had a lot of problems. You're going to see that this week. A lot of issues. Right? So much so that you're kind of like, maybe we should just like do a reboot. You know? Like if this was a business, we should kind of like shut it down and start again. And I do a replant. But nonetheless, it's like that they need community with each other is non-negotiable. That it be good, that they be growing in Christ, that is period, end of sentence, a necessity, a reality in their lives. And what is Christian community? It's more than just having friends. It's more just having people you like or who like you. Because of course, we can approach, you can be very good at community. You learn this through ministry at Princeton. You know, some people are like, oh, I have no, you know, I, I don't have strong friendships. You know, I feel isolated. And then you talk to the people who are like, everyone thinks they're the center of the social circle, and they're like, oh, I feel so isolated. It's like, you're so popular, everyone likes you, you're so funny. And they're like, well, yeah, but that's just talk, right? It's just talk. That's not necessarily true community, true intimacy. People who know you, who are challenging you, or a relationship that's rooted not in like, what can you give to me? This, this is a real difference between non-Christian community and Christian community. Not an approach of what can you do for me? What am I getting out of this? But as Christians, rather, what would God have me do for you? What would God have me do here? Now, what stands out in my mind, this is one of my, the most beautiful experiences I've had in community. It was actually a wedding reception down in Arizona. You know, and I go to a lot of weddings because I miss the, you know, people who are like, before that stage, and then they get engaged, they get married, or some of your weddings were really, you know, and as I was at this wedding, PF, uh, PF alum, good friend, from my family's student. And, you know, I, I did a wedding, beautiful wedding. The father gave this amazing, like, toast for his daughter's wonderful bag. We were at the table. It's like, you know, it's like families with young children. And, um, and the whole wedding reception, we were, like, sharing our stories with miscarriage or infertility. I mean, it was, like, so heavy. It was so heavy and so beautiful. Because there we were. It turned out all the families had a miscarriage. I mean, we had a miscarriage just shortly before that. Two other families had been struggling with infertility. Each had one child and one you know, serial miscarriage was moving close enough. And so it's, here we are, and it's like, you know, I mean, I'm glad for the times when I just played games all night, right? For a week long. That was a good time. The times I just like talk about whatever. But I am so thankful that as a Christian, I can go there and some of those folks at that table were strangers to me. And I can talk about what matters. And they can talk about what matters because we love one another. They know, they can count, oh, you are a believer. They can count on the fact that I am rooted in Christ, and so I'm not just thinking, like, what do I want out of this wedding reception? Some loud music, some good drink, hopefully a toast that don't go too long. No, it's like, what do I want in period out of life is to love other people as Christ is loved. To love them when it's fun and to love them when it's hard. Right? Community is the best thing that can happen to you. Not just that community that's on your terms, that's with people who you are like. That's easy. It's easy to like people who like you. But community on God's terms, reaching out, opening up, sacrificing, giving, 
right? Community is the best thing that can happen to you. The second thing I want to say, community is the hardest thing that can happen to you, the most difficult. You see this, this specific obstacle to community, we're going to draw it here, out of here, out of chapter 3, is this, the, the church was marked there in verse 3, we see it by jealousy and strife. There's jealousy and strife among them. Right? If you've been in community, if you've had friends, you probably know it, it can be difficult. Right? There, there, there are tests. I think about it at Princeton. You know, it's like you come in as freshmen. I don't know if this is your experience, but you come in as freshmen, wide-eyed, whole new world, I made it, I'm no longer like, you know, like persecuted for being a smart kid like in high school, you know, people think that's like a cool thing. You know, it's like you meet friends, you develop those friendships, you're like, these are the greatest people I've ever met in the world. That's how I felt about my friend. Then like you room with them junior year. <laughs> like live together. And um, you know, roadblock one. Right? <laughs> um then you graduate, right? And it's like, it's so easy often at Princeton. Oh, I hope it's easy. Like, people are around you all the time. And maybe you develop, you develop some lifelong friendships, but you graduate, you go out and get a job, and then what, right? You just, you're, your friends are far away. And you have to start anew. It's, it's a roadblock to the community, and the people that, you know, everything isn't designed around you, like at Princeton, you're all light in so many ways. Once you graduate, once you leave, and it's not conducive. Like working as a consultant, flying around the country every week is not conducive to developing community or friendships. So these obstacles. But even more so, even if you're in deep rooted community, what we find are problems that come up, difficulties. And the specific ones here in the church in Corinth, in here in chapter 3, that he hits on is jealousy and strife. So they're divided into factions. Right? So some are saying, like, I am a Paul. You know, it's like Paul had been had done an important work in the church's life. Apollos had, and they're dividing themselves up. Like, well, I'm a Paul, or I'm a Paulus, or Cephas, Peter, I'm a Peter. And some of the more spiritual, like, I'm a Jesus. These divisions among themselves. Right? They divide themselves up into factions, and part of that is driven by jealousy, and part by strife. Right? You get at odds with each other. I discovered this, like, you know, once I got into leadership, I became an officer in the fellowship. All of a sudden, it's like my, my, my friends, now I was the person who was standing in the way of their idea of what we should do. It's like, oh, we've never had a disagreement before, right? It's like it, it arises. And you know, jealousy, jealousy is on overdrive in the present day. It's on overdrive, right? It's like now we spend all our day looking at people's highlight reels, right? Instagram, Facebook. It's like it's like it's developed skill. You're good at it, right? It's like you're just putting out my best face. But you, you're living your blooper reel. Right? right? It's like you're just sitting in, like, uh, in the midst of everything that's not going right and watching everything everyone else wants to put out. Um, and, of course, those people are living in their blooper reels as well. But it, can, it, can, it is so easy that now we just sit because we're not in true community with each other. So we don't actually sit down and talk heart to heart about what's going on in each other's lives. We're just sitting observing and often desiring and envy what's going on. There's jealousy, strife. Strife is such a it's such a feature. I mean, especially at Princetonian community, people have strong ideas. Right? People come into sharp disagreement. I had some friends at Princeton who I was like, man, they need to run their own thing. And thankfully in life they did, right? And it's like they cannot take orders. <laughs> 
um, or follow others, but hey, they might be a great leader. Um, just a lot of that. Maybe, maybe you would run into that. Maybe five years you're in business, you're discovering you have it in you. You know, you're like, this is wrong, it should be done my way. Right? It'll, it's there, it will come out. And so there's strife, and there's strife in the First Corinthians church in this fashional way. There's this, there's this conflict. And uh, <clears throat> thinking, uh, thinking in my, uh, my own time, PF about this, um, these difficulties um, that arose among us as students, and we just they're, 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 it's it's so easy for that spark to strike a conflict and difficulty, and it arises from so many different spheres. It can arise over personal relationships. There's so much that you know, I do young adult ministry, some of the church graduate student ministry. It's like the number of people I lose. Like they got a new Bible study, a Bible study, a church. They leave the church because things didn't work out in romantically. There were two people pursuing the same other individual, right? And for the person it doesn't work out for, it's too painful for them. It's like there's such, it's like when you sit down and you marvel, I was, I was talking to a friend going through a difficult situation, I'm just like, sometimes you get, you just, the strength is so difficult, you just want to give up and like stay home and watch Netflix, right? It's like we spend so much time in civilization, I mean, smart people like you, right, spend so much time making great toys for us to entertain ourselves, private homes, Entertainment, sports, that we don't actually need to talk to each other anymore. And like that is tempting. So once you're on the strife side, right? I went like, can we make these easy? Yeah, you're like, yeah, I want to hang out with my friends. But as soon as some of that jealousy or that strife enters in, then you're like, you know, Netflix and chill for one, <laughs> right? It's like this is too much. I don't need all this. Community is hard. It is the most worthwhile thing you will do. But it is, in so many ways, the hardest thing that you will do. There will come a time when you will be tempted to just give up on it, or to give up at least on a certain community and try to find something else. Right? Community is difficult. And so what's Paul's answer? The third thing, later, sound foundation. So this is what he says. He says, you know, who, who, is, who are Paul and Apollos? They're, they're watering, they're planting, he's using agricultural metaphors. I planted, in verse 6, Apollos watered, but God gives the growth. Right? We are God's fellow workers, Paul and Apollos, you are God's field, God's builder. And this is this image, it's like we are building all sorts of stuff, right? We're laying on a, whatever our foundation is, we're laying gold, silver, precious, I mean, good things or bad things. But what is at that foundation? What is that basis we're building on? And this is Paul's challenge. That foundation needs to be Christ because one day the testing will come, right? The fire will come, and what will be left, right? No matter how beautiful the building, if the foundation is rotten, it's going to go. I mean, I was thinking about this like the Jersey Shore. You know, we build these like palaces on the coast, literally on sand, right? Like straight defiance of like children's like Sunday school songs, like keep build your house on the rock, not on the sand. Right? And one day the storm comes, you, never, you know it. It's like there are these communities where it's like the house will get destroyed once every 30 years. Like it's like clockwork, it's destroyed in the 1930s, and then it was destroyed in the 1960s, and then it was destroyed in the 90s. And so you're just like, okay, let's build again. Right? You know it's going to go down, but you still like that. It's just what you build. Your house is just so beautiful. 
That's what I want. I don't care if the foundation is sand and the hurricane is coming. You're going to build that beautiful beach home. What is the foundation you're building on? This is really, really challenging for our community and our relationships. You know, because you, you may develop great friendships freshman year, and but maybe the foundation of that is like we each think we're awesome people. Like it, as long as it's fun, the foundation of our community is so long as it's fun together, I'll stick with you. Then you hit junior year, you grim together, you discover they're a slob, you know, or you discover like they're like meat freak and they can't stand what you're, you know, you leaving your like dirty underwear in the living room, <laughs> the common room, and Spellman. I'm not using precise example. Oh wait, no, <laughs> actual memories in my head. It's like right. It's like oh, you know, it's like from these small seeds of conflict. Next thing you know, you're like I just can't stand this person. I just can't stand this person. You discover you weren't. If that's your foundation, oh well, so long as I like you, this is not gonna last, right? Your foundation for Christian community is like so long as that Christian community caters to me exactly. College student at Princeton, right? <laughs> Then if you're going to graduate, you're going to go out, you're going to walk into the doors of a church somewhere, Lord willing. And in that church, that church is like aimed, almost every church in America is aimed at a 45-year-old with a teenage child. Just so you know, prepare yourself, right? It's like churches have in mind what church people are, and church people are people in their 40s with teenagers that they're frustrated with. Right? And that's like, the, and I'll be there. I don't have the time you marked out. You know, my thought, son just turned seven. So, you know, it's like, I'll be at that place when I need to be. And then all of that, the finally, like, all that teaching will be hitting me dead on. You know, you go to men's, men's conferences aren't like, you know, oh, you're young, you're in your 20s, and like, you're finally figuring things out. Like, no, no, it's like, oh, you're so frustrated with your teenagers. Then the end. That's how it is. You're going to be in that. If the foundation for your commitment to Christian community is like, so long as it's aimed at me, you're not going to go back, right? You're not going to go back. If your foundation is about you, then it's a foundation of sand. It's a foundation of sand. I and mean, even, even it may be in the short term, delivering great results. You may have built on it gold and silver and diamonds. It may be beautiful, but it is unsound in its foundation. And any engineer can tell you it's going to go away. It's not going to work in the long run. All that effort that you put into it will be wasted. So what is the, the foundation being in Christ? Well, here's the thing. It's like, what makes if you're a Christian, what makes you a Christian is recognizing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's like he died for me, laid down his life as to provide, to turn away God's wrath against my sin. Right? And he rose from the dead so that I could have eternal life. And now, as a Christian, I live my life not in light of, like, what do I want and what can I get? No, I live my life in terms of what great love has Jesus shown for me? And in return, what great love has he called me to show to others? So, so you, you come to fellowship, you, you reach that point where you see, oh, I, I didn't know it, but it turns out my friends aren't all awesome all the time. It turns out we got some jealousy, we got some strife. You reach that point. You know, if you're just in your flesh mindset, like Paul's talking about, you say, okay, done. Done. Let's chase a new relationship for six months, a year, however long it lasts before I reach that point. If you're a Christian, you say, yeah, well, me too, jealousy and strife. I am bringing that to the table. Christ died for me not because I was so great, but even while I was his enemy, he died for my sin. 
And then, when you're in that relationship, and you're like, oh, this person's not like me. You, know, you make that calculation, you know, hopefully you don't make it explicitly, but we're always making this calculation when we meet people. Like, what am I going to get out of this, right? Short-term, like, it's going to be funny conversation, or long-term, like, this is going to be a good friendship. Like, you know, you're not making that calculation. Instead, you're saying, this person, maybe God's image, God loves this person. I love this person. He's giving. Not with an expectation of return. You're giving. Because your foundation is Christ. You know, you reach that point junior year, you're in that conflict, whatever it is, you those roadblock in the community. You don't surrender. You work to it. You seek forgiveness, you've been forgiven, so we can forgive others. You reach that point post-graduation, it's like, Rana, what am I doing? It's like you say, no, I don't come out by Christ. It may be hard right now. I just got off the plane, I spent the last five days in in Kansas City, and here I got back, and all I want to do is crash all weekend. It's like, no, I am going to seek out face-to-face, real, in-life community with other Christians. Whether that church is aimed at me, 24-year-old consultant, or whether it's aimed at 45-year-old parent, right? Whatever. Because I'm not here for me, I'm here for Christ. I'm here to serve, I'm here to build. And let me just end with, that, with just a testimony. Like, it pays off giving in community. It pays off. I mean, it is hard. This was, for me, it's like we, we, we joined this small group, Christine and I, my wife, uh, after we finished Princeton. We joined this, was led by a friend for a number of years, and eventually I took it over. You know, we had this like 10-year amazing run with no problems. And we had no issues in that small group for a decade. And uh, one of the pastors at some church would always talk about, oh, you're going to have such difficulty. It's going to be so hard. Really such, such, you're going to you know, hate the people in your small group. And he would do this sort of shtick um, periodically. And I'm just like, not us. I don't know what you're doing wrong. Right? <laughs> not my small group. This is Salem. Mm-hmm. You know, we reached this point where it was just like, it was just like this is an ideal group of people. Right? We like, we were insane. We clicked. It was awesome. It was like the best group I've ever been in. Christians. It was just on fire. The one guy who was in it, he moved away as a professor of Wheaton now. He was just, he had to say, you know, you've got to in a discussion, you've got to push into a breakthrough. Right? You've got to grapple with the scripture and press at it until you actually really come to grips with like what God is teaching you. And we, we got, I mean, it felt that way a lot of the time, most of the time. You know, then of course, like that community, this is like my platonic ideal community, but people finish their PhDs, they got a job elsewhere, right? People Scatter. And more importantly, we were committed to welcoming in newcomers. And you know, I, I, I gotta be honest with you, in the short term, it made things harder. Right? We went from like perfect group, like our willingness to be on the foundation of Christ and be open to newcomers and not just withdraw and build up walls, meant that we lost perfect group. 